0: The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Two microphones. Yeah. And one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J-K? You get it.
1: That's what I thought was
0: so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith break here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. All right. Believe it or not, it's summer, we're here We're doing stuff We're here, Yeah, get used to it Because we're going to be here a couple times over the next uh, couple weeks Well, a couple times this week And then uh, I have uh, I have a wedding to go to it, Is it your wedding? It's my wedding Oh, ah, look at this guy uh, that, I'll be gone for a week before and a week after the wedding uh, Doing my thing So, um Yeah, and then we'll be back mid-July, ready to rock and roll, probably get a pod, and uh, I think we'll dive into football at that
2: point. Yeah, the game plan this week was we were going to because uh, I was out of town on vacation, but Keith uh, got a chance to go watch basketball, had a little insight and all that, so we're going to talk hoops on Thursday. Uh, We'll put up a podcast on Thursday, we'll talk to Isaiah Tisdale, but we'll really dive into the roster, his thoughts. Uh, what he's been able to see compared to last year to this year, all that good fun stuff. And that was really going to be our game plan. But because of the news that broke yesterday uh, with DTSU announcing uh, they're not going to compete in indoor men's track, and then, of course, the story was furthered with uh, roster opportunities in baseball and football, kind of set off a storm, if you will. And so we thought we would take it upon ourselves to, to do an inside the dump. And Dr. Richard Sanders is actually at an airport. Uh, We're going to call him here in just a second. But he's at an airport. He's about to head to Europe. He's going to take his grandson on a graduation trip. Uh, But before he leaves, uh, I talked to him this morning. I said, hey, there's a lot of misinformation. He said, I've already thought about it. I probably didn't word it the right way. So what we're going to do now is uh, go ahead and answer those questions and get everything that everybody wanted to know with our own version of Inside the Dome
0: man in charge... Doc, Doc, Dharona. I shouldn't have to remind you, I'm a doctor. Goes in the hot seat. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and I want to immediately. I'm your huckleberry. It's inside the dome. he just call it a dome? Dome, dome. dome, dome, dome. Dome, dome, dome. Dome, dome, dome. Okay, joining us now as he likes to do
2: and set the record straight. It's the athletic director, Dr. Richard Sander. And Doc, we appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, there was some news yesterday, and... I think maybe uh, some misunderstanding of what was going on yesterday, so why don't you kind of jump in and explain, and then we'll kind of follow up with some questions. That'd be
1: great, Jay. Well, you know, as I think everybody knows now, we had to make the very difficult decision to um, not compete in men's indoor track. And, you know, the basic uh, rationale behind that was pretty much focused on, you know, Title IX and And, you know, we are obligated to be compliant with Title IX. And as, you know, the university demographic has changed fairly significantly in regard to what we have to do is we have to have a a, uh, ratio that is very equivalent to the undergraduate student enrollment um, ratio of men to women. And so um, ETSU has continually had less men. attend than women, and so those those numbers have started to skew very strongly in, in the direction of women. So right now, um, approximately, we have about 60% women as undergraduate uh, students and 40% men, yet um, Title IX, what you have to do, your proportionality opportunities have to be, like I said, have to be Created by you know federal legislation Title IX. Um, you now the last thing we want to do is uh, have a Title IX lawsuit where we're not moving toward compliance to Title IX. So this is uh, kind of a mandate by the board for us to continue to develop you know Title IX um, compliance. So uh, one of the future any any student athlete from the opportunity to compete at a division one level. Our track athletes basically all of our track athletes competed indoor and outdoor track. So they count as two opportunities and if it's red cross country it it basically counts as three opportunities. So what we wanted to do was make sure that all oh, our student athletes and our track athletes, let me make that clear our track athletes will compete as Division One athletes. There will be no scholarships taken away from any track athlete. So, I think that's what everybody needs to understand. You know, every track athlete will continue to be able to compete in a Division One. is mandated by the NCAA that they can really only have 35 players on their roster. But because in the past they have played a game in the fall against Appalachian State, more or less a scrimmage, we had to put 47 or 48 names on the squad list. In the future, we will not do that. We will not play a fall game. So the reality of it is the squad list, which be the thing that determines the opportunities will be completed in January when we only have 35 players. So we are reducing opportunities in baseball by 13, and the only thing we're doing is not playing a fall scrimmage against Appalachian State. So that's where 13 of those, 12 or 13 of those opportunities in football, basically in the past they would put the squad list at the beginning. Of the practice and sessions, and would have as many as 128 on that squad list. The reality of it is, probably 20 of those individuals would would quit. Uh, another 8 would decide they're they're not going to really participate. So we would lose that. So where we're going to get to is we will have a hundred participation opportunities. For football, which is plenty. The 63 scholarships will not be affected. Most of those 28 um, opportunities that will disappear in football were were um, really individuals who wanted to try out. Some people thought that this would uh, inhibit, you know,
2: based on football's ability to compete, and it absolutely does not. So let, let's start with the first one track first. Uh, for, And you mentioned everyone, and I'm going to just repeat every person on scholarship keeps your scholarship. If they wanted to compete in indoor, they still can, they just compete unattached. Is that not correct? that's exactly right they can't compete unattached so um it's not their inability to compete it's just um we're not going to compete as a team right ETSU won't win an indoor championship but an individual can run unattached and could technically win a national championship sure they could yep absolutely okay then baseball it seems to me is a little bit of the semantics right of just playing the fall game if you get rid of the fall game, then the roster's always been at 35, because that's the number it has to be at the spring, so you get there, and then football, 100-plus guys will still be on the roster when it goes. So really, and I hate to word it that way, semantics, but I kind of feel like it's really a little bit of wordplay on what's going on, but it's also opportunity. I think people don't get that there's really kind of three areas of Title Nine. One is scholarships, another is you know, the sort of the funny. Do they have the right to the tutors and the nutrition and everything else and all the other athletes to the housing. But the third part of it, which is maybe the biggest, which is what we're dealing with right now, is the word opportunities. And I think right. that kind of throws people for a loop and exactly even I think you've done a fine job of, of kind of explaining it to us. I think that's where people still get a little confused on maybe how do you lose 30 opportunities in indoor track or or 12 opportunities, whatever that is but I feel like, you know, that's where people are kind of getting hung up on when they hear cut they just think scholarships or funding or something else is done as opposed to the opportunities that are given
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right it's somewhat management managing, you know uh, roster control you know, and um, some of it is just being a little more, um, you know, a little, I I hate to use a little wiser in how you manage the whole issue. So, yeah, the number one prong in in, um, compliance to Title IX is opportunities. You know, that's clearly what it is. So, you know, you need to get to that point. And you, in the past, um, you know, you just... You know, I'm not sure we did a great job managing that so we just have to get back to managing that um, and I think so basically what, what happens is the proportionality of there's like two things you have to do so the ratio of scholarships to proportionality needs to be um, somewhat close I think it's within five percentage points so if we're right now because our, our male opportunities that are about 60 percent our scholarships need to be about 60 percent for males okay so as this number starts to move we will have to um, figure out how to provide more scholarships to dollars so if we get to 50 50 then 50 percent of the scholarships would have to go to women and 50 percent would have to go to men so we are continuing to you know evaluate where we are, look at this and continuing to make decisions that will get us compliant. We are, uh, one of the things we are going to do. I mean, that was one of the things that was critical to us. If we could control the, um, participation opportunities by doing what we did and add a women's sport to maybe provide another, um, 30 to 40 opportunities for women. Plus the other thing that we have done is, um, triathlon becomes very important to us because triathletes can because of what they do they run they bike and they swim if they run they can train with the track team and become a participation opportunity for women uh, in more than one sport just like track is three three opportunities triathlon can also become at least three opportunities that could actually become four opportunities. So, one triathlete will give you, you know, can give you four opportunities for women. So, this isn't just, um, you know, unthought about, you know, uh, issue that we're dealing with. This has been very carefully um, looked at and evaluated and how we can become compliant without damaging. Uh, the least amount of, of of student athletes, so that's kind of where we are. So with triathletes, we think we can pick up thirty to forty women's opportunities, which will get us um, at a little bit uh, probably the the women's opportunity to be big at fifty one percent compared to men at forty nine percent. And then when we add you know another women's sport, if we can find forty. Opportunities there, and we'll be very close to being compliant. So this is a process that we're going through. Doc, um, when you mentioned uh,
0: adding another women's sport, I think that, that was something that was that came up uh, in in my mind in in, the, in the, the the discussions about getting Title IX compliant what specifically when you evaluate possibilities there uh, are are you looking for and what timeline should people expect maybe some sort of uh, indication as to where uh, the university might be looking or the athletic department might be looking to pick up a women's sport over the next, say, 18 to 24 months? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, yeah, we definitely are, you know, and we're in the process right now of evaluating. And, you know, like I say, this isn't just – Knee-jerk reaction to do something. This has been right. looked at very carefully. We're pretty close to making a final decision on, on what sport we're going to consider. But there's a lot of things you take to take into consider. One is the number of you know the, the the number of opportunities or student athletes that you can bring to campus to compete in that sport. You know, another thing, of course, is facilities. What if facilities are available for another sport? Would we have to you know, in some sports, yeah, you 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 might be able to do that, but you might it may cost you twenty five million dollars to build a facility for that. So we try to avoid that. You know, we would like to find a sport where, you know, we feel we could be competitive and maybe be, you know, I think in a relatively new sport where, you know, there's a big pool of available, you know, potential student athletes who would. Love to have a chance to compete, uh, you know, on a college level. Um, so you know, those are some of the criteria. What is going to be, you know, the um, you know the the cost to start the program. What is going to be the cost to maintain the program? Who can you compete with? Who who around you know uh, Northeast Tennessee competes in that sport, so you don't have to pay millions of dollars to compete. You know. Um, travel nationally so I mean there's a lot of criteria that we've looked at to come up with this and there's probably more you know um like I said you know the the cost has started is there an ability available the pool of available um, student athletes both locally and regionally that we could recruit you know who who do we compete with where do we go to, to, to play um you know, can we be competitive in a relatively early stage? So those are all things you take into consideration as you try to identify that sport that you're going to invest dollars in. You know, the, the university has um, stepped forward to help us uh, start this. I would guess that probably toward the end of this um, academic year, we will uh, announce that maybe earlier than that, probably not, uh, I think he would probably announce it earlier in that. We'll start by hiring a coach who will go out and start to recruit student athletes to come here. We've got to decide that you know will the you know will we compete at 24 or will we kind of do what we did in football? We recruited a class and we didn't play in the first year. We played some. Uh, I think with this sport we may play some club competitions, but we'll kind of see how. Um, how
2: that all kind of comes together all right doc we we appreciate the time and again i think this kind of took off on its own and again this is what this podcast is for it's why we you know we talk to the doctor you know the the segment let's get uh um you know
1: inside the dome with you and
2: we appreciate the time and and sort of dropping the knowledge on us
1: you know you know jay and you know I, i think the one thing you know and and you know i get it i mean i it's the hardest thing as an athletic director you have to do to ever tell a student-athlete to limit their ability to compete. But like I say, of all the sports we have, everybody in track is going to have an opportunity to compete and hopefully be successful in, in, in their sport. But um, also, um, you know, we have some responsibilities that we have to live up to. And uh, sometimes those things come in conflict. And, um, you know, you do the best you
2: travels I'll, I'll see when you get back
1: thanks Jay appreciate you thanks, Keith. Yeah. have a good day guys
2: Go yeah. so that's uh, Dr. Richard Sander. just just to put a bow on that again if you didn't hear anything else the first tier Tonon's opportunities what has changed the DTSU is some opportunities instead of 47 guys being on the baseball team in the fall and playing a fall game where your roster gets locked into 47 they're not going to play a fall game they'll have a roster as they normally do of 35 to start the year that'll be 12 opportunities Football has had 128. I think they're shooting, I think, I heard 105. So you take away some, some of those opportunities, but you're also talking about the 127th, 128th guy that were on the team that were quitting and not being a part of the team. If you look at the roster of every college football team at the beginning of the practice of the fall, so summer, late summer, you know, July, August practices, there are more guys than we start the season. That's everywhere across country, and basically they're just changing the numbers to reflect when they start the season how many guys are on the roster and limiting that number. So if there was 110, maybe they do have to tell the last five guys on the roster, "Hey, we're only going to be able to carry 105." The big thing for indoor track, and this is where I think everyone, uh, you know, kind of came from different directions. Everyone keeps a scholarship. and Maybe I should start there. Everyone keeps a scholarship. Zero scholarships were lost. Zero scholarships were taken away. The ability as a team to compete in indoor, that has gone away, and 30 opportunities for the men have gone away that will hopefully transfer over to the women for Title IX. And yes, I know some people don't like Title IX or could care less, but it's a federal law. It's NCAA. Sanctions were about to come down. ETSU had to make a move. The other thing is, those kids can compete unattached so yes the opportunity to represent ETSU as an indoor team champion is gone they can't compete for a national championship they will run if they run cross country indoor outdoor they'll run cross country and outdoor they can still try to run uh, the 3000 meter or whatever heck that thing is on the indoor unattached and then they can try to win a national championship at that as an unattached so they'll still be able to train they'll still have the nutrition they're still going to have the housing everything's going to go I do think that Dr. Sander and I appreciate his honesty of saying, Hey, I said this without maybe not explaining it and going into detail. And he took responsibility for that. And this is why we have the inside the dome in the podcast. So we could get it out there and let everybody know it's not as bad as I think all of Buck nation and everyone around Buck nation took it. So I hope this helps. I hope we've answered some questions. If we haven't, and I'll, um, glad to do another Inside the Dome. Doc is actually leaving the country. He's taking his grandson to just graduate high school on a trip to Europe. He'll be back 1st of July. After the 4th of July, if we need to do an Inside the Dome, we have more questions about this. You guys know how to send the questions. Whether it's a direct message uh, to me on Twitter, whether it's a Buck sports radio, whether it's a DM, it's it's just your hashtag Inside the Dome. Uh, get me or key tagged on it. Whatever you want to do. We'll get the questions asked. We're not ducking anything. So one thing I enjoy about Dr. Sander, if you got questions, you really want to know answers, the man is honest if nothing else. So sort of an emergency podcast. We're going to do one uh, on Thursday in which we're going to talk to Isaiah Tisdale. So Pun's going to be with us. We're going to talk basketball. Keith has been to I've not been to practice yet. Keith has been to a couple practices. He's going to give us his thoughts. We're going to talk all things ETSU basketball coming up on Thursday. But we want to get this very quick. Uh, edition out there uh, for uh, the the quick Inside the Dome that we have. And so I don't even know if we'll qualify this as a Jane Keith podcast or just put it out through Inside the Dome. But either way, um, this is Tuesday, the day after the information came out. And so we hope that we have at least cleared some things up for you. And um, try to get all the information out. Like I said, we'll be there Thursday. Uh, Be back Thursday full podcast we're
0: going to roll through the roster we're going to roll
2: through uh, Isaiah Tisdale a little bit of beginning his journey not this easy issue but away coming back when he thinks about the team I look forward to that because let's be honest he's one of the more entertaining kids always with a smile always a positive attitude high energy guy so I look forward to talking to Isaiah Tisdale big thanks to Keith big thanks to Dr. Richard Sander for kind of clearing things up or at least explaining things I don't know maybe some people don't quite get it but again, no scholarships were lost. There's not opportunities. There were some opportunities lost in scholarships and not everything kind of coming together. So hopefully everyone has a better understanding of what went on yesterday. We'll be back Thursday. We'll talk ETSU basketball on the Jane Keith.
1: Oh, you gotta be kidding me!